Vox Quick Hits. Kamala Harris, the first woman vice president, and she's half black and half Asian, married to a Jewish guy, stepmom to his kids. Her swearing in was a big deal moment for the republic. Ladies and gentlemen, the vice president-elect of the United States, Kamala Devi Harris and Mr. Douglas Imhoff. Harris chose Justice Sonia Sotomayor for the occasion, and Sotomayor responded in kind by mispronouncing Kamala. I... Kamala Davy Harris do solemnly swear. I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend the Constitution. Harris took it in stride, as she's surely been doing her entire life, but it was a moment that seemed to perfectly capture the adjustment the United States is making right now. This is not just a one off. There was a Barack Hussein Obama in the White House eight years ago, and now there's a Kamala Davy Harris, Madam Vice President. My name is Alexis, and I live in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I was very moved on Inauguration Day to see a woman finally in the second highest office in the land. So I watched it at home. Uh, I spent the morning sort of dancing around my kitchen, making breakfast, and then uh, sat down and and made myself comfy as I watched it happen. And it, it was a little early, and it was just, it was so exciting. And just the whole day was exciting. I cried. I cried when she was up there. I cried when Amanda, the poet, was speaking. I cried. Just, you know, the whole day was very emotional. And then um, in the afternoon, I went over to my friend's house and we watched the rest of the festivities together and cracked open a bottle of champagne. It was just really special. It definitely felt historic. I mean, four years ago, I took for granted. I thought there was going to be a woman in the White House and it didn't happen. It was very disappointing. And so four years later, when we finally got Kamala Harris to be the VP, it just felt that much more historic because we missed it. We missed it four years ago, but this time, you know, we did it. Of course, not everyone was celebrating. My name is Nicole Parrott-Wilson, and I live in Brooklyn. Um, The day that Kamala Harris was sworn in, I didn't make any special plans to watch it or to celebrate it. And I actually kind of actively avoided engaging in conversations about it just because everything was so celebratory. Personally, I feel like Kamala is someone who has participated in a lot of state violence against poor and predominantly Black communities um, in in her home state of California. And so I wasn't excited about the idea of her now having the power of vice president over the country. One that jumps out is the truancy law that she enforced and created in California. And it put parents in jail for their children being absent. And it also fined them $2,500. And for a place like California, where the lower quartile is making $25,000 a year, 
to lose that amount of money could send them into homelessness. For me, that demonstrated a fundamental misunderstanding of the issues and how those policies are impacting the most vulnerable communities. Uh, There was certainly a time in my life where I would have been very excited about the idea of a woman with Black ancestry being vice president of the United States. But as I've gotten older and as I've learned more, that doesn't align with my political beliefs or my ideological beliefs at this point. I think it's really important for us to recognize that an individual's identities doesn't protect them from criticism, particularly politicians. And her identity as a woman of color does not stop me from critiquing her past policies and behaviors. Between the elation and relief we heard from Alexis and the skepticism we heard from Nicole are people like Erica D. Smith. She used to write about Kamala Harris as a columnist at the Sacramento Bee, back when Harris made a lot of her most controversial calls as California's attorney general. But Erica's willing to give her a second chance now that she's vice president. I don't personally always agree with her policies, and that's, you know, some police reform, some criminal justice reform, you know, not taking a stand more on efforts to get more black and brown men out of prison, some of her stances on potentially arresting uh, parents of truant children, her stance on the death penalty. I mean, there's lots of different bones that people have to pick with with her, I, I think, when it comes to her record. But a lot of her decisions or some of her decisions were about, you know, getting into higher office. Like, it was very clear particularly when she was attorney general, that she wanted to eventually run for the Senate. I mean, when Barbara Boxer stepped down, that presented an opportunity. But I think there was a a calculation that was made politically that the electorate would not be as left as it potentially is right now. I mean, and that's, I guess, still up for debate too, given after George Floyd and the backlash and some of the things that have happened. But Nonetheless, I think that there is definitely uh, a wing of, of the Democratic Party that is not happy with her That said, I think that there are people who are also trying to give her the benefit of the doubt now that she's vice president. Kamala, Kamala, Senator Kamala Harris is a sponsor of the socialist Green New Deal. And it seems like there's a lot of people on the left who want to give her the benefit of the doubt because of all the nonsense she's had to put up with leading up to this moment and surely will continue to put up with as the first woman, let alone the first brown woman vice president. And You know, thinking back to Barack Obama, I think he got some criticism for not really focusing a ton on race throughout his presidency. Does Vice President Harris have to take up that mantle now? I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it finds out. I mean, this is, you know, 2021. It's not 2009. And a lot has changed in that time period. But also a lot hasn't changed in that time period. I think that on the one hand, there's so much more overt attention to racial injustice and inequities and, you know, systemic racism. And and these are phrases that were known in 2009 and 2010, but have become way more, you know, part of the common language now. And I think a broader swath of Americans understand what those things mean, in part because of what happened in 2020 with um, George Floyd in Minneapolis. Biden himself uh, on Wednesday was very direct in acknowledging systemic racism and, and you know, ferreting out white supremacy. So I think that there's not this sense of, like, we're going to pretend like these things don't exist. A cry for survival comes from planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate 
are any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. I think, you know, being a woman and dealing with sexism, I think is going to be maybe trickier because I think that calling out, you know, injustices is, it's tough. I mean, because you'll get a backlash one way or the other. And I think that with the vice president in the past, she's not necessarily one, a person who always wants to dig into all of these issues, at least in my experience of in covering her. So she's changed uh, somewhat, I think, as the world has changed. So it'll be interesting to see if she continues along that path or if she tries to kind of ignore stuff sometimes and, and kind of do what she did the other day and just kind of correct the pronunciation of her name without calling out the error. <laughs> so I, I, I think you can expect a lot of that. Four years of Kamala, Kamala. Yep. <laughs> That's for sure going to happen. And I think hopefully to an extent, she's made some peace with the fact that she's going to be criticized one way or the other. And so it's not a question of avoiding criticism. It's like, it's more of like, what are you being criticized for? <laughs> so, you know, is it worth making a stand? And that's a calculation. I think it's the same calculation that anybody who is black or brown in this country makes every single day. So in some ways, I think for, for everybody else in this country who's not vice president, will be looking to her to see how she handles that. I think in some cases... Not necessarily for judgment, but just also just for guidance. And I think that that's the kind of the power she has for so many young women is, you know, how she handles herself, you know, how she stands up for herself or how she manages all this stuff is going to be such a an instance of, of modeling for, for young women as they enter adulthood. I think there's a great opportunity here. There's also a great opportunity for peril <laughs> politically for her. But I mean, I think, you know, she's as good as anybody, if not better, at trying to figure out how to handle this. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.